0: So m- many of you know Margie um, Hill, and some of you don't, so um, I want to introduce this precious friend. She is a friend the Calvary Vista. I want to say welcome home is what uh, I want to say. I am I am Oh, we just love this gal. So, so Margie is um, an author and a speaker and a teacher, and a, she um, overseas Women's Ministry Connection. You may have um, heard of some of her conferences and a variety of... Um, you always have your hand in something. I've always learned that about her. Uh, her and her husband, uh, Leroy, do a lot of ministry together, which is beautiful. Um, but I, I was thinking this morning, just kind of sitting there, how every week we're studying a women's woman's story, and we always have that page on legacy and influence. And this week... We studied a lot about influence, the good and the not so good of it. So, But I was just so grateful. Um, and even Monday night, I was watching online at home, and, and June was Hesterly, and Debbie, and uh, Janie Alford was here, who spoke at a retreat last year. Like, there's just this amazing succession of women in my life, personally, who have had influence. And this gal is definitely one... Okay. No, you can't. It's hard to t- run. It's hard to talk when you cry, so don't cry. <laughs> but um, you know, she used to be on staff here, and our offices were down the hall, and we talked and prayed and laughed and cried and all kinds of things together. But I, I really um, have been so influenced by Margie's strong desire to strengthen and encourage women in this culture, in this day and age, from young to middle to old, with the truth of God's word, and I know she's going to bring that in strength today, and um, it has left a lasting influence in many of our lives, so if you're hearing her for the first time, it's the beginning of a a new influence in your life, too, so please welcome Margie.
1: Well, I love you more. Wow. Get it together. (laughs) Truly, my husband and I were just having a conversation the other day about what great foundation had been planted in our lives by Calvary Chapel Vista and by Pastor Rob and Denise. It's a foundation that now I'm I'm in seminary and I'm getting ready to graduate and it's a foundation that has served me so well. You are well-taught and well-loved and well shepherd. And I love um, them both. And this is your your family. And it's so good to see so many of you, but I don't have a lot of time. So with that said, we are going to dig into the word and thank you worship team for that amazing anthem. We need to sing that again when we're done because you need to sing that with more vigor (laughs) and excitement because so many truths of what I'm going to bring out today. That's how the Lord just weaves things together, doesn't he? When he has a message that he wants to convey, he's sure, he's certain, he plants all the seeds to accomplish just that. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity and to be amongst this beautiful family of sisters who I love so deeply and just the chance to be with them again, God, and to speak your word, and I pray, Father, that I know the importance of these passages, Lord. I know what they mean in the past, I know what they need in the present, and I know what they mean for the future. so I pray, Father, that you would just move me out of the way, and Lord, that you would open women 's hearts and minds, that they would not come with any preconceived notions God or or any biases, but just allow you, your spirit, and your word to speak. Because I believe, God, that more than ever you want to speak to your women. There is a legacy at stake here, Father. And so I just pray that your spirit and your word would go to work now. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so Eve, I've titled this message, Eve, A Deeper Look. And I've uh, given you an outline. Does everyone have an outline? Great. So you can follow along. And as I would love to read through all of these texts that you have studied this week, I don't want to take the time to do that. I will land on a few of them, but I've put them there. And I have just added one extra reference for you, which is Genesis 4, 6 to 7, which I'm also going to be covering This morning. So, a quick recap of what you studied, and I had a a few moments um, in the leaders' uh, meeting this morning, and boy, what insights God was bringing forth. We need to study the Word deeply for the times in which we live. We cannot afford not to. We cannot afford to have the message of Genesis not solidly planted in our hearts and minds and I'm going to show you why. But a quick recap and we could land on any one of these truths and have amazing teachings and conversation, but I believe the Lord has given me an area of focus. But just by way of recap so you're tracking with me, Genesis 1:27, man and woman are created equal in value, worth and significance. He created, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Eve's role. And the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Genesis 2.18. Eve's sin. Genesis 3.6. When the woman saw the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise She took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Genesis 3.15, and this is not out of order, friends. This came first. (laughs) God's promise and provision in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Before the consequences of Eve's sin, the promise and provision of Jesus Christ. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Genesis 3.15. The consequences of Eve's sin. Genesis 3.16. I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Can I get an amen? Amen. Did anybody have a childbirth that was painless in this room? That speaks for itself. But... Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. And last but not least, Genesis 3.20, Eve's legacy. Eve's legacy, our legacy, Eve's legacy. Mother of all living. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. My sisters, you and I... Are to walk in this legacy we are to be women who are life givers we are to be life givers that is our legacy so in the midst of all of this the question arises so how shall now we live i have a fill-in there for you this is so important we need to live in the reality of the fall because we live in a fallen world And we also need to walk in the reality of redemption. Right? So there's two realities here. One, the reality that we live in a fallen world. And that's important. You can't forget that. Because if you forget that, you will never share the love of Jesus with anyone. This is a fallen world. Nobody's perfect. Nobody has it all together. Everybody is in need of God's grace and his forgiveness of sin. But we walk in the reality of redeemed women. We walk in the reality of redemption. One commentator said it like this. We're formed in God's image. We're deformed from God's image by sin. And we're transformed by Jesus Christ. The restoration of the image. We are walking in the restoration of the image. Though it's marred. We walk in close fellowship with the God who created us because of the work accomplished through Jesus Christ. Robert Bratcher and Eugene Nita said this. These are great Bible translators. They said, the renewal process has as its goal the complete restoration in the creature of the likeness of the creator. The creator is at the same time the one who renews and this process restores the divine image which has been affected by sin the holy spirit living in you and me and the word of god is the sanctification of the saint right and we cooperate in that sanctification we have a part to play in it and then god does what he can only do which is to change us from the inside out and like our mother before us, Mother Eve, and I hope that you take away today a love for Eve in all of it, because there's no reason, yes, there is a reason to mourn what happened. There is definitely that. But Christ was the provision, and we live on the other side of that. We are in Christ, right? That is something to just throw up cheers about, because without Christ, none of it works, So women are created to be life givers and we have choices. And I love that this came up in the leaders meeting. We have choices to make every day that affect whether we will walk in the restored image or whether we will walk in the fallen nature. Every day that is our choice to choose life or to choose death. And in case you don't believe that these truths we find in Genesis record are a matter of life and death. They absolutely are. This is serious because if you have problems with these verses in Genesis, you are going to have problems all throughout the rest of the word of God, and you will never be able to walk in what it is, this beautiful design that God has for you. This amazing, perfect plan that he has for us as women. So let's take a deeper look at the results of the fall regarding women. The consequences of Eve's sin. We talked about childbirth and pain in that effort. But that your desire shall be for your husband. And he shall rule over you. Now there is much talk on these verses. And what they mean. But I have studied them hard for the last three or four years. I have been studying biblical womanhood. It has just become a passion of mine. And um, I want to tell you that. I have fully studied that I really do believe what I'm about to tell you is what the scriptures teach. And Genesis 4, 6 to 7 makes a strong case for this. When the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire, same word used here, is for you. But you should rule over it. So sin is personified in this verse. Imagine a snake coiled and ready to attack at the door. And the moment the door is open, the snake pounces on you. We see that um, in this verse, sin is wanting to dominate and destroy Cain. And this is important. Same word, desire. So keeping that in mind, going back to Genesis 3, where God tells the woman, your desire shall be for your husband. He's not referring to a good sexual desire here, but a bad sinful desire, just like in his warning to Cain. And what comes right after this is that man will also, in his fallen nature, want to dominate the woman. And not love her and lead her the way he was called to do for the same reason. And it was so interesting to me as I pondered this. That have you ever wondered why Satan went to Eve? I mean we have all kinds of thoughts about that. But it came to mind that of course he went to the woman. This was an attack on God's design from the beginning. His created order. Satan would have gone to the man, but no, he went to the woman. And yet, God—and remember this—this this is headship right here. God held Adam responsible. And Romans five twelve is clear to tell us: therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. It doesn't say through one woman sin entered the world. Even though she was accountable and responsible for her choice, God held Adam as the leader responsible as well. So much so that it was through Adam that sin entered the world. And if you think that this is not happening today, then you haven't watched the news lately. (laughs) You're living in some kind of a bubble Because women today are fighting and rejecting the truth of Genesis more than ever before, even in God's church. And we have to be those women who preserve the legacy. Because we are, believe it or not, and I get an opportunity to speak to a lot of audiences of women and churches. We are becoming the minority who really believe the Bible as literal who really believe the truths of this, who are going to be mocked even by fellow Christians for our stance and position on the word of God. This is all part of what Satan did in the garden. All part of it. And feminism, I was so glad to see this came up in the leader's room, is alive and well today. And unfortunately, alive and well in the church. What I love about the women's ministry here is I've seen Denise bring in the Titus II role here like nothing I've ever seen before, and I applaud her for that. And you should be thankful that you are in a healthy, solid teaching women's Bible study. Hang on to that. Hang on to each other because it's priceless today. It is priceless today. In my Master Life group, where I'm discipling, uh, for the last few years, I've been discipling a group of um, women through an intensive 24-week process. And uh, this, it's interesting that right now we're covering ideological strongholds. And feminism is just that. It is an ideological stronghold. And so I brought a definition with me from Master Life to help you understand this. Because these ideas it's just like when the serpent put these ideas in Eve's head. Our culture is continually just hoping to get a listening ear. That we would just take a little in here and a little in there and be brainwashed, you know, by the, by the time we get to the end of it. But here's the definition. Ideological strongholds are built around systems of thought and ideas that are embodied in cultures. And listen to this. They exert pressure on members of that culture. Through this influence, which the Bible calls the world, a whole society begins to hold certain values. What Satan does to individuals through the flesh, he does to society through the world. And over time, personal strongholds become embodied in cultures as strongholds. And this is definitely what feminism is. These ism words, Americanism, <laughs> these ism words, they're a real problem for us. Because they're ideas of the world. They are not ideas found in the word of God. So just for though, depending on your age here, I know we have younger women here. We have middle-aged women. We have gracious older women like myself. I turned 62 in July. Yes! <laughs> that have lived through some of these waves of feminism and some of us, um, you younger women, I know you're kind of like, well, I don't remember that at all, but you are living in the outcomes of these. So it's important for you to know where they came from because they just didn't explode out of nothing. These ideas have been firmly planted for years. So prior to 1960, we had the first wave, which was women's right to vote and own property. Okay, with that, that's, that's great. Second wave, really damaging, 1960 to the present. The re-examination of women's roles, careers, pro-choice, abortion, women as pastors, all in the second wave of feminism. And this wave, the second wave, has continued into the third wave and still exists. Somebody in the room said, it feels like the feminism movement is amping up again. Well, you're absolutely right. The results of that movement are becoming more and more prevalent. Even though the movement itself is fading, the results of that are intensifying. They are intensifying In the culture. And the third wave in 1990s on, we have gender equality and transgender. And this has been devastating to women and devastating to our culture. And I want you to know that today there are psychologists, well-known psychologists and sociologists whose statistics and research are bearing out the damage in women that these movements have done. So even though we didn't see the damage right in the midst of it, you're going to see it, which is a great opportunity for us who have Jesus and who can offer these women a way back and who can take the lies that they've believed And show them the truth so that they can truly live free and not in an ideologic stronghold any longer. So that they can live in the beauty of God's design and walk in that restored image. And I, you know, sometimes an author just says something so much better than I can. Um, I, I highly recommend this book if you really want to study this topic. Mary Cassian wrote a book called The Feminist Mistake. And she sums up the movement so well She says feminism has failed miserably and ironically it has exasperated the very problem it set out to resolve. Instead of promoting healthy self-identity for women or contributing to a greater harmony between the sexes, it has resulted in increased gender confusion, increased conflict, and a profound destruction of morality and family. It has left in its wake a mass of dysfunctional relationships and shattered lives. People of this culture no longer know what it means to be a man or woman or how to make life work. What has been lost will not easily be regained unless you and I take this legacy and pass it on. Though feminist theory has progressed just about as far as it can, the practical outworking of that theory has not Feminism will dramatically affect our society and churches for years to come. And you want to know why? Because women are not merely looking for equality. Genesis 3.16 proves this. They are looking to dominate. They are looking to rule. And they will not be satisfied. It's not equality that they're after. They want to rule And they want to dominate. So, whether married or unmarried, this is a result of the fall in women's hearts. And I want to tell you, my friends, that we need to be life givers because think about the deaths that have resulted as adopting these false beliefs the death of marriages, the death of families, the death of the unborn. Which, by the way, science and the sonogram, praise God, is bringing this to light. And a pro-life movement is emerging. Thank you, God. Thank you for that. Death of gender distinction. He created them male and female. No, Satan wants it to be blurred. What? Male or female. What? We can't even use those pronouns anymore without getting in trouble. And death, and this is what breaks my heart. male leadership the death of male leadership and you have to ask yourself as you come to this text fallen nature of man and woman has done a lot of damage and you might be a woman that has been severely damaged by a man Um, we're just hearing this on the news all over the place but can you find forgiveness in your heart And grace, given the nature of the fallen nature, right? Can we find grace and forgiveness? Can we find our way forward? Can we build our men up and edify them? But if you come to these texts in the Bible with any kind of agenda or any kind of bias, you're going to miss it because you won't really listen to the beautiful plan that God has for your life. And as you age, as you age, every single woman here, God has this beautiful Titus 2 design for you to walk in and there is nothing more fruitful than passing along what you know to a younger woman and helping her to live victoriously in her purpose and plan that God has for her life and I cry today because there are so many young women that need older women that need this legacy because they're being ripped off by the enemy this is near and dear to my heart, and biblical womanhood should be first and foremost gratefully gratefully embraced in our hearts. I mean, when we sing about God and how good he is, if we say we reject these verses, we say there's something that that's not good about God, that he has favorites, that he loves men more than women. I mean, come on. If you break apart these lies, it's horrible, We want to live in the truth. And we have the remedy. And I was so thankful. I did the whole Bible study that Denise was kind enough to send it to me. And I did the whole study. And I was so glad that we ended up in Colossians. Because God gave me a huge nugget out of there. What is the remedy? Well, first, heed the warning. We are told about this. The Colossian church was a healthy church. But they were in danger of secretism. Which means the mixing of the world's ideas along with the Bible, along with the word of God. And Paul says, beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world. And listen to this, and not according to Jesus Christ. For in Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are, my friends, my sisters, you are complete in him. That is the message of Colossians. You are complete in him. You don't need anything else. You are complete in him. And maybe that's something that you need to be discipled. You need to know your identity in Jesus Christ. Because you have value, worth, and significance. So that's the warning. And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. And Colossians 3.10, we obey. Put on, before we put on anything else, put on the new self, the new creation, the woman walking in restoration. Put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge versus a false knowledge. According to the image of the one who created him, Colossians 3.10. Do you know what this means, being renewed for full knowledge? It means that as you walk with Jesus Christ, you are enjoying a fuller and fuller measure of God's revelation in your life, salvation, joy, and peace, and you are beginning to get it, and you are beginning to walk free, and you are beginning to walk in grace and truth, and your life is beginning to produce fruit. That is the new life, and to bring glory to God, which is our purpose. This is what Adam and Eve enjoyed in the garden. What you and I enjoy, this fellowship with God, is because of Jesus Christ. We can go to him at any time that we want. He's a good, good father. And when you sing that song and you say, it's who I am. I almost want to stand on my chair every time I sing that verse. It is who we are. We are his children. We are in him. He is a good, good father. And he is Perfect in all of his ways. Every single one of them. Oh. Practical application here. Oh, I'm doing good, Denise. I'm so excited. <laughs> I was like, Lord, please help me. I don't know how I'm ever going to get through this in 30 minutes. Okay, practical application for you. Identify. Let's just write that word, identify. Any area. Or relationship. doesn't have to just be marriage. This happens among women all the time. Where your desire is to rule, to control, or to dominate. It could be in your parenting with your children. It could be other women. It could be people in the workplace. Because what I do now is when that little ugly thing rises up in me, I identify it as quickly as possible. Because we know that at that moment I can either choose to speak life or I can choose death. I can, I can encourage my husband with my words and blab it all out or I can choose to annihilate him. I mean, or I can choose to give life and encourage him and edify him. We have that choice every single day and every single moment in every single relationship. And for mommies with children, you know, they are your children, but they're gods. And and we can make idols out of our husbands and our children. And you need to teach them grace and truth, but you need to give them freedom. <laughs> freedom to grow. Freedom to grow. And the other thing, and this is what I ask myself all the time, why do I always have to be right? Now, come on, you're looking at me like this has never happened to you, (laughs) that you've never had to win the argument, that you've never had to be right. I've even told God, and sometimes I'm keeping my mouth closed, I'm going, but I'm right. (laughs) But I'm right. But you know, the reality is, and this is one of those truths that go right to the heart of the Bible is... 1 Corinthians 6.20, you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body, in your spirit, which are whose? God's? God's. They're not mine. Our rights now belong to God because we are a child of God and we represent him and we glorify him with our lives. He's invested. He's invested in us. But the the world will tell you today, all those women marching the other day. Isn't that interesting? We're studying Eve of the week of the women's march. I don't know if you read some of those signs. But I just saw a lot of Christian women who are like, Yes, yes, before you align yourself with that movement, know what they are all about. Because you are aligning yourself with women who don't believe in God, with women who Um, have chose uh, abortion over life, who believe in homosexual marriage. Now, I am not telling you to judge those women. Absolutely not. Love those women and help lead them to the truth. That is what we do. And don't be afraid. Know your word. Know how to wield your sword and have these discussions because they are important. And we are going to be facing soon the women coming to the end of themselves In so many arenas where we will have the opportunity to minister through the love and grace of Jesus Christ. And last of all, be confident of who you are in Christ. When you know your value, your significance and worth in Jesus. You don't have to raise a sign. You don't have to seek it from your husband. You don't have to seek it from your children. You don't have to be a people pleaser. When you know who you are in Christ, you are complete. You are worthwhile. Your life has meaning and purpose. And if you're struggling in that area, find a godly mentor. There's many of them in this room. Don't be afraid to ask as a young woman or even an older woman for another woman whose walk that you see and admire to come alongside you and help you through this tough spot. Be a life giver. And more than all, my personal challenge to you and exhortation is to pass on the important truths of biblical womanhood. This is my promise to God that if every group of women that I have the opportunity to see, study this for yourself. These truths need to become a part of who you are, a part of what you're walking in. And if you have any problems with them, any disagreements or rejection of them, have somebody help you examine your heart. Because you're going to miss it. You're going to miss this beautiful design. That God has. Amen. Well that's it. And I'm only four minutes over.
0: Yes.
1: All right. Let me pray for you. Father I thank you. So much. For these truths in Genesis. And 30 minutes are 30 minutes Lord. But I pray that. The truths of your word, you tell us, God, they go forth with power, and they do not return void, and they accomplish that which you send it. And so I believe and rest in that, Lord, that your word will do just that. And God, I pray that it would just not be a word that goes in one ear and out the other, but it would be a word that penetrates, that we would embrace our God-given design, Lord, and that we would repent, Lord, of the times we have not walked in it. So we give you all the glory, Father, for you are so worthy. You are so worthy, God, of all our devotion and all of our praise and all of our lives. I pray just a legacy of life-giving over every single woman in this room today, Lord, that this message would reign and rule in her heart and mind, that she would walk forward in that purpose, and bring you glory with her life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you,
0: Margie. That was amazing. Stirring us all up in all awesome ways. So um, we're going to send you off to group this morning, but we just want to remind you that um, we have ladies here to pray with you. And I know some of the prayer gals take turns each week, but I'm really going to ask if if all of you are here today if you'll just kind of stay along the back and be available. And then also Margie and Denise will be up here in front. So maybe it was through your study of your lesson this week. I know one of the gals prayed so beautifully in our leaders meeting this morning. Like, sometimes we study a lesson like this and we can get ripped off and we can just get robbed of the the fruit and the goodness and the exhortation of what God wants to say in it. And then I loved, obviously, everything Margie said, but just, just that progression at the end. Like, we saw the not great progression with Eve and we can just land and stay in that place sometimes, but then... God's given us that beautiful progression, heed, obey, apply. And if you just want to be encouraged in that and you want to be strengthened in that today, like... You want someone to pray with you and like, yes, I want to turn. I want to get in this, this lane of moving forward. Or maybe you just have something on your heart and mind. You need prayer. You need encouragement. You're overwhelmed by the voices of the culture and the women's movement and all the things that are going on. And you're like, Lord, I want to refocus, be refilled with your spirit, and be a woman of influence in, in all the places that you have me. Get
1: prayer today before you leave. We are here. We are happy. And we would love to pray with you. Amen?